Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we delve into books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on the podcast, we read <laughs> the classic novel, I guess. Someone's I classic. Someone's classic. It's on some lists. Till They Have Faces. Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. And yeah, I mean, technically you were right because it was them that it was about. It's not about yeah. us. We have faces. We have faces. Fairly certain. Well, <laughs> well, I think that she's including herself because she doesn't have a face, sort of. Because it's ugly. Because it's ugly. Ugly people have no face rights, according to this book. <laughs> but, but before we get into all of that, um, this is the second book oh. in our unit on parallel novels, which was a yes. unit brought to us by Anna. Mm-hmm, we kicked mm-hmm, it off mm-hmm. with Midnight Sun, and we're continuing today. Um, and before we get too much into this book, let's talk a little bit about what parallel novels are, even. What are they, Em? Okay, so here's the thing. I think we decided to call this unit Parallel Novels. Uh-huh. But it's kind of not because Midnight Sun might not be a parallel novel because from what mm. I read, a parallel novel has to be engaging with another author's work. Ah, So we okay. might just be back to this being a flipped perspective novel. Well, it was like old Stephanie and new Stephanie. Yeah, she's a different woman now. <laughs> she's a completely new woman. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, so essentially parallel novels are a novel in which the author engages with another author's text either... Uh, by retelling the story through a different perspective or adding stuff on or taking stuff off. Fan fiction. Yeah, it's essentially fan fiction is what it is, guys. Here's the here's the thing. So, mm-hmm. which actually I wanted to talk about kind of how fan fiction fits into all this. But first, uh, I think this is actually one of the earliest, if not the earliest example of a parallel novel in like its truest form. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the other early example I mentioned on the last episode uh, is Wide Sargasso Sea, but that one's in the 60s and this one's in the 50s. So I think this one technically wins. C.S. Lewis was just on the cutting edge of fan fiction. And we, we've we <laughs> talked, there are other books that are like retellings of things, like um, the big example being like Paradise Lost by Milton, which is like a retelling of the Bible. Oh, thank you for not making me read that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I don't think that one would technically work as what we're doing here in this unit because it's from multiple perspectives. So like ah, it wouldn't perfect. be a flip perfect. perspective parallel Bless novel. Bless you. Was that Henry James? Uh, no, right. M- Milton. Milton. I think I already said. You did say that. <laughs> Henry James was the yellow wallpaper? No, turn it no. the screw. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, you guys. I've been the yellow out of... was definitely a female writer. Yeah. You know, I just throw names out. Until one of them and sticks. And if, if something sticks, it sticks. Y'all, it's worked for me so long. <laughs> anyway, so we've got these parallel novels. They kind of start popping up in the 50s, 60s. Um, most of them are dealing with a text of some historical importance. So, like part of the canon right like there's mm-hmm. not really like people doing this for i don't know see i can't even come up with one because obviously when if it wasn't canonized then i probably wouldn't know it but you know um maybe there were maybe there were a ton of really crappy parallel yeah. novels. <laughs> like, uh, but uh, the whole idea of like retellings has gotten a lot more popular in the last few decades I think, yes. if I'm tracking things correctly, and I think that probably is in big part to, due to the prevalence of the internet and internet culture, and specifically fan fiction on the internet. Bless. Um, because obviously a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of writers get their start that way, but some writers do get their start that way. and It's a gateway drug, man. <laughs> uh, and it 
It's interesting because like I feel like in the very early days of storytelling, the idea of like retelling is kind of not a thing just because people don't really own stories, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're going back to like antiquity, yeah, the oral tradition or like, you know, like myth and stuff like there's the Euripides version or the Ovid version or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Hesiod version, you know. So you've got like that and then kind of as like, the idea of owning stories becomes a thing and like authorship becomes a thing. It kind of falls out of favor because I guess you kind of don't want to mess with other people's stuff necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously like into the 1900s, we get like copyright laws and things like that, which keeps people from messing (laughs) with other people's stuff. Yes. Theoretically. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But then, yeah, you get like fan fiction where people are technically doing this sort of illegally but as long as they don't make money off of it then no one really gives a shit unless you're yes. uh Anne rice who like really super cares um <sighs> for some reason uh no but- one is reading interview with the vampire fan fiction with the veracity that Anne rice goes after <laughs> did i ever tell you that when i was like 15 i got uh-huh. um commissioned i guess except not for pay but like i got a request like I got a request. I used to hang out on Yahoo Answers a lot. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. Um, I got a request from another girl on Yahoo Answers to write Interview with a Vampire fan fiction for her, with her okay. as the main character. And I had never read Interview with a Vampire. Amazing. <laughs> she was like, so she was like it's do? fine. She she knew this. She was like, it's fine. Please just write it for me. And I was like, okay. okay. So I did. <laughs> Here's an interview. It was just like, it was just, I was like, which vampires do you want me to include? And she gave me like a three sentence description and I ran with it. <laughs> Amazing. You know, and if it, and if that had happened today, we could have set you up with a coffee account and you could have made like <laughs> 15 bucks. And it would be a parallel novel. There, it we brought it full circle. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. So this one, um, Mr. Lewis is... <laughs> work what do you think anna well okay so i'm not like intimately familiar with cupid and psyche that mm-hmm. whole story like sure. i know the main beats yeah and um the you know the theme of like here come the gods to screw with the common mortal man whatever the thing i do not care for and the thing i think that makes us very obvious that it is a parallel novel in this book is he's lewis spent so long trying to justify what's her name Ordwell? Ordwell? or you all or wall or well i'm gonna call her or well i'm gonna call it the big o <laughs> <laughs> so he spent so long trying to justify her actions in this really just like heavy handed mm-hmm. way that wasn't it's not it's not fun like Wicked is, you know, where we get like this rich eh, is Wicked fun life. debatable. Uh, well, you know. It's a, <laughs> book supposedly or musical. Book lo- or musical. millions love the musical. Uh. <laughs> but where we get to see the like I don't know, Alphaba and and go, going to school and growing up and mm. like how how well crafted that that spiral was. But here or Ordwall, the big O, she's just like I love her so much. Yeah. Was a little off-putting. I just love my main fault. She's like at a job interview and they're Mm -hmm. like, what's your biggest flaw? She's like, I just just love so much. 
one person. And it's just so like, ugh, stop. I'm so sick of hearing about your love for Psyche. I found her very insufferable for the first half of this book. I like the second Mm -hmm. half better. I think the biggest issue I had with this book in general is kind of the reverse issue that I had with Midnight Sun. One Mm -hmm. of many issues I had with Midnight Sun. (laughs) But like a big issue with Midnight Sun was like it had this idea of like, what if we fill in the blanks of the times that people were wondering what Edward's up to and what he's doing? What was everybody's, he thinking? Everybody's wondering what Edward was doing when he ran off to the Denali coven, right? So let's do that. And then it did it really poorly. Yes. Whereas this book was like, hey, you know what nobody was wondering? <laughs> Why did the evil, the evil stepsister of Psyche do it? Like literally no one had that question. No, no one. one. No one we was We were confused. all fine with it being she was jealous. Yeah. And it, it didn't need explaining. So then like the first part where it was trying to explain it, I was like, I don't care. And this is boring. And then once it kind of got past the like main thrust of her role in the story and it was kind of just her doing her own shit for the rest of the book, I was like, okay, this is all right. I really liked when it was like, well, so much for Psyche. Guess I'll be the queen now. Guess I'll run and a I country. I that book. <laughs> I wanted that book. She seemed like a badass queen. Yeah. But Lois was like, mm, none of it mattered. She was just so sad about Psyche being gone and being haunted by the ghost of Psyche. <laughs> And even, like, the psychological questions in that half of the book were far more interesting to me than the ones in the first half, where it was like, Mm. just because I love Psyche, she doesn't, like, necessarily love me, and what will I do? And And it was like, okay, I don't care about any of this. Your love for Psyche is weird and creepy. Um, Yeah. And then, like, the the second half where it was more like, okay... I'm a ruler and I take everyone's love and I don't give them anything back. Like, what does that mean for me as a person? Like that stuff was more philosophically interesting to me. Yeah. Like all the drama between her and Bardia and Bardia's wife. I was here for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just all the psyche stuff. I was like, I don't care about this. This doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Um, (laughs) Like you were a, Maybe old, older teenager, young twenties. I don't know how yeah. old anybody was supposed. It to It was be impossible to the tell the duration of this book. Yeah, it's no indication of how much time had passed whatsoever until the end, and she died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, all right, guess she's old. Okay, I guess sure. she lived a life. Whatever, <laughs> a life of indeterminate length. <laughs> but she was just in her emotions about this mm-hmm. girl that she had become the surrogate mother to, and it's like I'm sure there was something there, maybe talking about motherhood or sistership or I don't know what but I was not interested I think there's also probably something there that's like an allegory for like Jesus but like I wasn't here sounds for right for C.S. Lewis yeah I, I was definitely getting like Jesus allegory vibes for the end of it and I was definitely getting kind of the vibes of like we're talking about the Greek gods but really it's the divine spirit and it's hmm, who it, knows we're all what it is. one and there was yeah. like something towards the end where it was like well Hopefully, when we die, we all get to go and be perfect. And I'm like, okay, I get it, Lewis. Like, last time. <laughs> you found God. Shit, we okay. Got it. <laughs> all that being said, would you recommend this book to anyone? Man, it was really a slog. I guess if you were very interested in both philosophy and Greek retellings, mm. <laughs> go ahead, have at it. I am only vaguely interested in one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I I felt similarly. I think if you're into philosophy and theology, because I think that if oh, you yeah, are, theology too. if you get 
what Lewis is going for with the theology stuff, because I think there's something there, but I don't want to unpack it because it I just don't care. It felt too much like homework. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, mm, I'm not here for it. But if that's your bag, then, you know, this might be good for you. There's probably a lot of material here for yeah. you to uh, sift through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let us know. <laughs> All right. Down that V8. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, let's talk about the plot. Let's get into it, I suppose. Ordwal. Or jewel. I don't think Ordual. there's a D in it. There is. Is there? I thought it was O-R-U-A-L. Oh, fuck. It is. I spent my <laughs> whole notes writing it Ordwal. Oral? Oral. Oriol. 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 That's, or- that's hard to say. Or I'm just going to call her Maya because that was what... Psyche, yeah. whose name also isn't really Psyche. Yeah, everybody's got a different. This was another stupid it's thing so about this book. It's so fucking irritating because it's like it's Greek, but it's not Greek. It's like Greek mythology, which I we mean, we just like, want to okay. remind you. Okay, there is like some evidence for I believe this specific myth that it wasn't originally Greek and it was originally from somewhere else. And then, like, the Greeks kind of co-opted it with Aphrodite and, like, stuck it in there. So, like, I get it. And, like, Lewis did his homework, I guess. But also the names he uses sound super fake and made up. So, like. Agreed. He just, like, smashed his hand down on his typewriter. And I was like, that looks good. Right. So I'm just, I'm, we're just going to call him Aphrodite. We're just going to call him Cupid and Psyche. Like, let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Oral is the oldest daughter (laughs) of the king of Glom. Globe, globe. <laughs> um, and also her main defining characteristic is that she's ugly AF. She's Hideous. a little goblin girl who hate everyone her. hates her face and doesn't want to look at so it so much. So much. It's incredibly rude how mean everyone is about her face. I'm, I'm sure it was just like she had brown hair and brown eyes. Probably, was yeah. Because crime. Everybody like, who's pretty in this book is blonde, and I'm like, you need to calm down with this. You need mm-hmm, to calm mm-hmm. down. This is upsetting. Maybe she had a strong nose. Uh, <laughs> I also want to talk about her. Her, the second sister, for a redival. second. Redival. Oh, I was going redival, but sure. Um, <laughs> like medieval, but redival. Yeah, sure. Something. Maybe. She. It's another thing that I really hate in certain retellings. Um, and I don't know why they do this, where a lot of retellings, specifically Cinderella retellings, but I've also seen this in other, like, Cupid Psyche retellings, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, man, it's so annoying that the two stepsisters are so ugly and mean and stupid. So one of them's not going to be. <laughs> the other one is still mean and stupid. Like, yes. Like, yep. why did we bother doing this? It's like... Guys, you don't know the full story. You don't understand where Ordwell's coming from. She's got a deep interior life, and she thinks things and has thoughts and emotions. The other sister's a dumb bitch, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she she is fully what you thought. We're not going to try with her. She's just a two-dimensional slut. Like, okay, cool. And he does, like, at the end, he does, like, throw like, a few for lines. two be seconds. Like, yeah, but for the most part, they're like, ah, no, nah, we hate her. They're like, oh, I guess I'd never really thought how hard it was for her and how my actions affected her. But I'm not oh, going to well. dwell on that. <laughs> Let's go Psyche back to... Psyche was better anyway. whining about Psyche. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she has her younger sister, Red Evil, who is beautiful and blonde. 
And then there's also her father. Her father purchases a slave that they call Fox, and he is Greek. And he teaches Oral all kinds of bullshit philosophy and religion or something. And even though he is a slave, he really comes to love Oral, who treats him like a grandfather. And it's just a really weird, gross dynamic I wasn't here This for. is a gross trope, and I hate it. Hated it so much. Any time there is... I get, I get that slavery in ancient Greece is different from the slave system in the Americas, but like... It's very Uncle Tom's Cabin and Tom and the little blonde girl, you know, who dies in Uncle Tom's Cabin. Spoiler for Uncle Tom's Cabin. That Oh, my God. Sucks. That book has only been out for like hundreds of years. <laughs> but it's like that whole vibe, right? Of like, oh, the hard put upon slave or even like servant um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who comes to love the child master that technically owns them and they have a great relationship it's like no they don't they're owned by them it's gross this is always gonna be gross yes yeah please stop trying to attribute more meaning to this to make yourself feel better about what's going on in current day and there was a lot of of like hmm okay with this book in regards to slavery because like by the you know jumping ahead a bit by the time she oral becomes queen and she's yeah. like oh my god i hated that so much uh and she's like i released the good slaves <laughs> i'm like bitch you gotta release all of them or it doesn't count like, or <laughs> you're still terrible you still are a slave and she's owner. like and i even let some of them pick their spouses cool. <laughs> nothing this is nothing cool you're such a good person <laughs> and then and then when i took more slaves i let them work themselves to freedom so so i guess it was better i guess it was slavery 2.0 i don't know man a newer kinder slavery (laughs) no slavery is kind (laughs) just just so our stance on that is clear (laughs) yeah slavery not okay ever uh oral's mother died a long time ago and the king decides to remarry some other princess who gives him one daughter before she also dies in childbirth and this daughter is psyche but actually her name is like ishtara or ishtara or is still there might have been an l in there i don't know they only say it like twice because they call her psyche through the whole book because fox is greek and they just really want you to remember this is the myth of cupid and psyche regardless of anything else we say yeah but then weirdly like they don't do that with aphrodite who they call unget Unget, which is a terrible terrible atrocious which i get like unget is also supposed to be just like this ugly old crone for some reason like i guess i didn't understand that because was she supposed to be an ugly old crone or was she just a rock that was ugly both she was she was a big shapeless rock and then in the beginning oral is like i saw the ugly old woman in the cabin or whatever and then at the end it circles back to it and it was me so maybe unget is or unget is oral whatever i think there's some sort of like crone maiden life cycle thing going on here that i didn't follow and didn't care about because like oral is also psyche so like psyche is like, and Psyche is Unget? Unget. I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> Unget. It was very, yeah. Yeah. There was something cyclical here. I'm Unget. You Unget. He, she, it. Unget. <laughs> unget. <laughs> oh. Uh, Psyche is so beautiful. More beautiful than Redeval. And it's like, it's in an ethereal way where they describe it as like, you didn't realize Psyche was beautiful until you like, 
until she was gone. And then you're like, wow, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And Oral immediately takes up the position of surrogate mother for Psyche. She and Psyche and Fox create their own little clique in the household where they go and sit in pear trees and talk about religion and philosophy and learn Greek. Insufferable. It's really... They're just... (laughs) <laughs> wearing berets sipping cortadas <laughs> uh, they exclude Redeval because she is both beautiful and stupid therefore <laughs> cannot belong in their club at all you, you can either you can... be smart and ugly or beautiful and smart but you cannot be beautiful and stupid that's not in the Venn diagram <laughs> so for some reason the town the king rolls over gets it into their minds that Psyche can cure this like raging fever plague that's running through town by touching people that are afflicted. So a mob comes up to the castle gates and Psyche goes out into the crowd and touches them all and everyone goes away happy except Psyche gets sick, but whatever. And the people start to like worship her, which makes a certain god of beauty called Ungit in this book super mad. And then a bunch of shit starts to happen that's very bad for the town. Like, the fever sickness doesn't fully disappear, and it seems to only affect young people for some reason. The crops are super bad, and they can't feed any of their livestock. And then, on top of all this, Redival goes and whispers to the priests of Ungit about how people are worshipping Psyche as if she was a goddess, and starts to plant some seeds in his mind. So the priest of Ungit tells the king they have to sacrifice Psyche to the brute, the god of the mountain, Cupid. Because Ungit told the priest in order to save the country, he had to do that. And the king is like, okay, sure. Have this girl. Because the king is a piece of shit dad. He's just he's just a violent, abusive person. He's not a good dad. No, not at all. So they do that. <laughs> There's, there is a sacrifice. Oral goes mad with grief. Now you say, so they do that, like it's a quick thing. But we have to sit through like so 18 chapters of like... Oh whining about how Psyche's gonna get sacrificed and Psyche being like if this is what is meant to be it is what is meant to be my sister I shall go to the mountain and I shall be sacrificed to the brute and if he eats me then he eats me and it's like I don't you're like 12 what's going on like I know yeah again we don't know how old she's supposed to be so like the fact that she's like she's very going, mature yeah <laughs> she's super mature she she like I don't know. Is there's some gross stuff going on here with like how old she is and the fact that she is going to be like essentially I mean ultimately she does end up marrying Cupid and having sex with him and I'm just like this is I don't want to think about any unclear. Of it. I think maybe that's intentional to leave it unclear how old she is because mm-hmm. like uh, I don't know like maybe she was an adult but also like what is an adult? They all yeah how how do we and she's like so much more mature because of her ethereal beauty and Mm -hmm. god goddessness we all know that if you're really pretty it makes you more mature a (laughs) hundred that is exactly how it goes Uh, oral sad um like the sacrifice is supposed to take place the day after oral finds out about it but it's like 15 chapters there's so much. It's probably like it's so much. The most page per minute, right? Like everything else is like okay, a chapter is like a week or like 
several years in some cases, but like there were several chapters that were just about this 24 hours. And I was just like, we need to move it along. I need and we don't even get to see the sacrifice because no. Oral like Faints passes out. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, why did we have to have so much conversation about this? Why is everyone crying? Because she had to like so talk to Psyche about how she's about to be sacrificed. And, and she had to talk to, to her father and... about like how she doesn't want Psyche to be sacrificed. And she had to talk to B- Bardia about the whole thing and also fall in love with Bardia in that moment. And like then also fall. Yeah, it was like, I don't need every single person's opinion about this. This could have been less. Uh, yes, so much less. And Psyche is just like her 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 mindset is that okay, so for some reason they like equate the sacrifice like the her death and her marriage to the god of the mountain happen in the same moment. So She's like, well, if I'm taken, if I die, then I just die. But if I die and I'm married, that's cool. And Or if I have to die to be married, that's cool. But also if I just end up married, that's also cool. So I'm trying not. So I'm not going to be sad about what's happening. <laughs> it was bizarre. <laughs> the sacrifice is like they tie her to a tree and then just like go away. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So no one stays to make sure anything happens. <sighs> the sacrifice happens. Whatever. Oral is morose. But then she conspires with her dad's captain of the guard, Bardia, to take her up the mountain so they can at least bury Psyche's bones. They keep saying, like, oh, there's no way any beast would eat the bones. if they're, if they're Even if it's a beast, it will leave the bones behind. And I'm like... I don't think so. Like, I think... I think the beast is going to drag off the whole body uh-huh. with the bones still inside of it. Yeah, like, it's not going <laughs> to eat it all there, probably. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how beasts work. Like, it could be. Let's go find one and ask. And they're, they're all, like, really certain that the beast... Like, if it's this big, giant beast, it'll, like, eat around her jewels and stuff. And I'm like, I don't... I don't know. I think if it's a big old beast, it could just chomp her. It's just going to eat all of them and then die when it's trying to pass all those rubies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Test and all blockage, man. You got to be careful. Don't feed your beast rubies. Yeah. So I guess Psyche would have gotten yeah. the last laugh. The big old vet bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The god of the mountain then has to go to the vet with its beast and be like, so, uh, you know, ritualistic sacrifice. My beast got a little carried away. <laughs> Chomped down on some rubies. You know how it is. What's this going to cost there me, There might doc? be some bones in there, too. <laughs> Just whole ribs. <laughs> but when they get there, Psyche's body is nowhere to be found. Oh. Wow. And it's very... Now that I'm talking about it, I think this is very Jesus-y, right? Mm-hmm, like they're all away. They the came stone. to the tomb. Yeah. The tomb was empty. Yeah, they probably waited three days. I'm I'm coming around to this idea that Psyche is Jesus. Psyche, <laughs> maybe Psyche is beautiful, beautiful, Jesus. ethereal, female Jesus, female Jesus. We might have to try and carry this thread because I'm not sure. I'm not convinced yet, but we'll see. I we'll see if the evidence. I don't know that it. I don't know that it bears out, but. <laughs> Oh, her chains are undone. She's gone from the tree. They have to wander around for a while until they find her. But they do. Uh, Basically, Psyche has been living up on the mountain. And she says she's the bride of the god of the mountain. But he's all, you cannot gaze upon me. 
And Psyche's like, okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> this seems fine. It's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> this seems normal. I don't have any, I don't have any, uh, Example of what a marriage is supposed to look like because my mother died in childbirth and all we have are slaves. And my father just fucks a bunch of slaves. So this is good. He doesn't even let us visit the other nobles in his kingdom. I'm, I like this. Uh, yeah, I think this sounds normal. <laughs> so when Oral finds Psyche, she's just like in, the, in a meadow in the middle of nowhere and she is offered some like beverage and... And food, but it's just like she drinks water out of Psyche's cupped hands and she eats some berries that Psyche finds under a bush or whatever. And she's like, mmm, the most delicious meal I've ever had because it's coming from your hands, Psyche. Uh, love it. I love your hands. I want to lick mm, them. I love these. This I is, don't have appropriate boundaries with you. This is my favorite you. cup. I love you, but I think maybe I'm, con- I'm uh, confusing romantic love with these parental feelings. I don't know don't quite know what's going on really just a miss there's like a line really early on in the book where she's like i wished that i could be a wife so i could be psyche's real mother and i'm like you're missing a step there and that's that you would have to marry your father so i don't think that's actually what you want (laughs) i think you just feel a lot of a certain kind of love for your stepsister Mm -hmm. and it's getting very flowers in the attic we keep saying step and Psyche's like, here, come into my castle. And Oral's like, I don't see a castle. And Psyche's like, we're standing on the steps of my castle. What do you mean you can't see the castle? What did you think? Like, what what did you what did you do when I offered you water and you drank it? And she's like, oh, I just drank out of your hands. She's like, no, I gave you a goblet, you stupid bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> Oral basically just thinks Psyche is out here living in the wild and Maybe she's had a little bit of a mental break and uh, she's not really getting fucked by some handsome and kind God that she's never seen before. It's just she's there's some brigand out here in the mountains that's captured Psyche and is feeding her these lies to keep her here. And the snows are coming. So Oral's like, please come back with me, Psyche. And Psyche's like, no, I've got a good thing going on here. I will stay. (laughs) I'm good with my... (laughs) My berries in my water cup. <laughs> uh, Oral cries and cries and leaves, dissatisfied. But like as she's leaving, she thinks she sees the hint of a castle. But then she spends a lot of time on the page telling us that she's never told anyone about this castle that she saw before. And she keeps it a secret from everybody except for us, the reader. And it never mattered at all because she didn't. doesn't matter. And I think this is supposed to be like... The difference, because eventually this comes up at the end of the book, right? right? Where it's like, oh, the story that gets passed around doesn't include the fact that she saw the castle, right? Right, So, like, that myth is bullshit because she did see the castle for a glimpse. And that's where all the questioning came in and, like, her having to, like, make this decision. So, I think this is supposed to be the Bible. Mm. Like, I think... I was thinking if Psyche was Jesus, then Oral is Judas, right? Mm, I don't think it's quite a one-to-one like that. I think it's more like... Jesus is Jesus and Oral is like us. Okay. Right? So she's because it's when we have faces, right? So like oh. Oral is like us and we are given the Bible, the glimpse of so the castle. So the castle, castle right? is religion? Like, is heaven. Yes. It's heaven. To see like it, no, it's it's the the Bible. It's the Bible but the, I can or religion. See the Bible all the time. So you're given Okay, <laughs> listen. So, <laughs> So 
you're given the word of the Lord uh-huh. and that's your glimpse at like divinity, okay, right? Okay. And then you're supposed to just follow mm-hmm. that. So like it doesn't count for people who don't get because that's like a big thing with like a lot of Christian theology is like, well, what happens to the people who never get the chance to hear the word of the Lord? And it super doesn't make sense, the explanations that people come up with. But essentially, like, the idea being... <laughs> I didn't even, like, think that that was an argument, people. Were yeah, it is. Wow. It's okay. it's a whole thing. Okay. Anyway. Um, because, like, you either have to assume that they're all damned to hell, or you have to assume that, like... I just thought that's what... I'm a novice in religion, so I just, I just you know... <laughs> if you are exposed to the word of the Lord and you reject it, that's a no-no. If you're exposed and you accept it, good for you. You probably get to go to heaven, right. depending on what denomination you are and if you follow a bunch of other rules or not. Um, <laughs> if you never get exposed to it, then you're like, cool, copacetic. It's probably fine. You just get to like- You get a free pass either, like, if you just- you, pr- you probably get a free pass or there's like some people who are like, well, those are all the ones that have to come back after Revelation and then they get tested to see if like they're chill or not, which like after Revelation, like, you know, it's real. So like, what, why, why would you, you be like, no, fuck this? Right, exactly. So it seems like so a win-win all- situation to have never read the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, which really, like, calls into question the whole idea of, like, preaching the word of the Lord and, like, why that's supposed to be a good thing. Because, like, you should probably just not tell anyone about ignorant. it. everybody ignorant. Right. Mm-hmm. And then everybody gets to go to heaven, I guess. <laughs> but, like, so I think the, 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 the castle is, like. The Bible. If you don't want to be quite so literal, the, the, the glimpse of divinity that Christians would believe would be, like, mm-hmm. you have to make this decision yes or no at this point, right? So what is the part where you get fucked by a man you're not allowed to look at? Um, <laughs> that's Leviticus. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seems legit. <laughs> Whose daughters? Lot's daughters have sex with him without him knowing. So maybe that? Maybe I that. Don't know, that's man. some Genesis shit. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Oral has to make a second attempt to convince Psyche to come back because she has this long discussion with Fox and they decide that they need to go back and convince Psyche because obviously she's being manipulated because she's too beautiful and stupid. Well, not stupid, (laughs) but naive. She's just beautiful and naive. We've already established she's smart. Sorry. (laughs) Well, but in the... When Psyche's like, my husband has told me not to do these things because I am just his simple Psyche. It's like, what? <laughs> that She keeps repeating that phrase. Oh, he just tells me I'm just simple Psyche. And it's like, again, I think she's Jesus because I think it's like her, the God being like, Jesus, you just got to do this stuff and you're not allowed to question yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think, son, I think she's must. Jesus. Yeah, because there's the whole part where Jesus is, like, wandering in the... Because, okay. So Psyche right. is Jesus. So okay. Psyche is Jesus. Because there's the whole part where Jesus has to go out and wander in the desert and be like, why, God? And then, like... <laughs> and then, like, he dad, gets over it. Why, and why, Dad? Dad, why did you do this, Dad? Um, but then he, like, doesn't get tempted and it's all good. So I think that's, like, the Psyche getting kicked out and having to wander and do all the tasks, right? Yes. Psyche is Jesus. Psyche is Jesus. All right. I'm here. I'm here for it. Well, then I really do have to question then who is the one that's fucking her in the night that she's not allowed to look at. 
The Holy Spirit. Ah, another facet of her is the one <laughs> doing the fucking. <laughs> this is our most sacrilegious episode yet. <laughs> Oral, Oral says, okay, I'm going to go back up. And this time, I'm really going to get Psyche to come with me because uh, I'm going to manipulate her real bad. I'm going to tell her that she should take a lamp and light it at night so she can gaze upon her husband's face. And if she doesn't do it, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Yay! This is like every <laughs> red flag of emotional manipulation. Such a bad look. <laughs> Oh my god, it was she even like she cuts she slices open her arm like she mutilates herself. I think she actually says like I'm gonna kill you and then myself. Ah because then Psyche's I mean that's not better, but <laughs> Psyche's like, you don't need to threaten me. You've already threatened the thing I love the most, which it's like what I you just you just spent a long time telling her that you loved your husband so much, like And that you don't want to really be around her ever. Again. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Their relationship was weird and bad and not a good sibling relationship. It was gross. It was... Oral was just a really possessive ex is all it really was. Mm-hmm. We cracked it. Yep. Jesus's possessive ex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night, Psyche does the thing. She does the lamp thing. And she's immediately cast out from the castle, doomed to forever roam the land, never finding a home, crying the whole goddamn time. Until she solves Aphrodite's Puzzles 3. <laughs> Oral doesn't know that part, though. She's just, she is, when when this happens, Psyche's cast out, and a who, sh, who she assumes is the god of the mountain comes right up in her face and is like, you are also like Psyche, and then, like, fucks off. You, you are Psyche, we are Psyche, everything is Psyche. <laughs> Go Psyche! <laughs> so... Oral ponders that literally for the rest of her life. She's like, what did it mean? (laughs) What did he mean? I was also psyche. And I think what it meant was like, she was literally, she was literally psyche, right? Like she had to do the same shit. Like she got like psychically tied to her. It was not explained. She carried the burden of, she carried psyche's burdens. Um, So psyche could not feel any sadness other than the fact that she was fucking crying all the time while she was wandering the world. But like she had like dreams every time that psyche had to do a mission. Yeah, I think so. Because like it was like, oh, the golden fleece thing Mm -hmm. and the separating the seeds thing. And I was an ant, but whatever. And then I can't remember what the third one was. And I don't care. Um, It was going in the desert, and she was also in the desert. Instead of the bowl of water, she was carrying the book that she had written. It was that last one, yeah. Yeah. But then they also say that, like, she didn't feel any sadness about, or she didn't feel any, like, uh, I I don't know. It's not, Psyche was able to keep up a good mood the whole time she was doing this, because, Oral, you are Psyche's bad mood. (laughs) So that's why Psyche could do all these things. So maybe Oral is Jesus. Oral is the because she, she bared like, the cross. Of yeah, Psyche. had all the sins. Yeah, yeah. I don't Psyche. know, man. Someone here and is Psyche Jesus. is. I think there's at least three or four Jesuses running around in this story. Many <laughs> Jesuses. Chock a block full of Jesus. This book. It's just a surfeit of Jesus. <laughs> Oral goes back home empty-handed. 
Her dad dies. She becomes a great queen and rules the land. This was the best part of the book, except for they didn't like fucking talk about any of it. And Fox was like, wow, that was a really bad plan. You had to tell Psyche to look look at her husband's face because we both thought that he was probably a murdering rapist. And like, if she does that, he'll probably just kill her. So like, that seems like it was a bad plan the whole way through. So like, why did you do that? Yeah. And he was also like, I hope you didn't do anything drastic to convince her to do that. And Oral's like, ah. No, I just asked nicely. <laughs> it's like Oral, Oral, you scam, <sighs> you emotionally manipulative scallion, scam. you. She takes a, to wearing a veil to hide her hideous face. No one wants to look upon her, um, but she's got a really sexy voice apparently, and she only discovers that after hiding her face. She's like, my voice is sexy, and everyone else thinks so because I sound like a man but I'm not a man. And also I don't sound like a man. This is how it is described in the book. Basically she started a podcast. Uh-huh, just like we did. <laughs> She's like, they don't need to look up my face. They only need to hear She's my like, voice. Welcome back citizens of the kingdom of Gloam to another episode of Oral's your fucking queen. <laughs> <laughs> And she learns how to sword fight from Bardia. And she does this cool thing where she like, she kills a dude to save another guy. But the book is like, you're not here for that. You're here for teenage drama. Yes, I'm very much here for that part. Yeah. The part where she killed a dude mm-hmm. to save another guy. And then she was kind of into that guy, but then married her, married him off to her sister instead. And it was like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Such high drama. Such court intrigue. More of this, please. I, I want more of the book where you convince me that oral is a good person and not a piece of shit. Yeah. Cause like after we got rid of psyche, she seemed cool. She was totally like, she was normal, like, man. She was yeah. like, gotta, gotta still have slavery, but make it nice. Gotta make yeah, sure. I did forget my about that a little bit. Gonna get some friends. Gonna be perving on Bardia my whole life. And we're like brothers in arms. And he doesn't see me as a woman, only as a queen. And then he dies and his, with a sexy And then his wife is like, you took him from me his whole life. And I'm jealous of you. And I'll be like, but I was jealous of you this whole time. And then we'll cry in each other's arms after arguing. And then we'll argue some more. (laughs) It was great. It was the most interesting aspect of this book. And it was totally glossed over. Cause we got to get back to Psyche. Psyche. Pages and pages of how Oral loved Psyche and how she was haunted by the thought of her and this question of I am also Psyche and am I also Ungit? I don't know, man. I don't I don't know who I am because I've hidden the part of me, Oral, deep down inside of me and now I'm just queen. Which is another thing, I guess, is her face of her face of Oral hidden behind the veil of Queen. It was very symbolic Mm. and full of meaning. Too too symbolic, too meaningful. I just want my books to smack me in the face that I already have. (laughs) She's also paranoid that the gods are going to take their revenge on her at any moment. So everything she does, she's does with gusto, I guess. (laughs) Bardia and Fox are her loyal advisors, and then they both get old and die. And then as loyal advisors do. (laughs) And that's the end of part one. The part when it said part two, I was like, the no, fuck? I, know. I had like, I had looked at the uh, table of contents before, so I knew it was in two parts, but I, I thought it was, was going to be like, 
like psyche and then post psyche but the way it was split was i guess it made sense in the fact that it was like she was writing two separate books but it was a stupid Mm -hmm. split anyway i was i was enraged i was like how dare you do this to me (laughs) so then so part part two of the book is basically oral realizing she like goes back and she reflects on the things she has written and she's like maybe I was a bad person and maybe I let my jealousy make me do bad things. Like maybe I was, I was jealous of the love that Fox had for his homeland. So when I freed him from being my slave such grandfather, I begged him to stay with me here in Glum instead of returning to his homeland. And he made up excuses for why he wouldn't return. And he stayed with me. Just so- because Fox is Jesus. <laughs> they're all jesus everyone is a jesus um she also she worked bardia to death because she secretly loved him and she resented the time that he went home to his wife and had sex with her and so she kept him at work and made up all these problems that he needed to solve in the castle so he wouldn't go home and then she would make fun of him and get everyone else to make fun of him every time he like thought about his wife i guess like she's a real bitch about it (laughs) And then she was also like, yeah, and also there was that whole, like, medieval, like, I shunned her her whole life, which probably made her resent me and Psyche and uh, start all that sacrifice bullshit. Yeah, that probably wasn't good either. Um, And also where I manipulated Psyche, that was, that probably also ruined her life. So, okay, yeah, maybe I am a bad person. And then we get, like, 50 pages of a vision <laughs> that Aurel has. Oh, vision quests. Yes. And basically we see Psyche doing all of the tasks that Aphrodite or Unget, whoever, has set out for her to do. And she becomes a goddess and she remarries the god of the mountain or something. And Oral goes, she's like alongside her, like we said, for all of these things. And then she is allowed to go and make a complaint to the gods. And she says like her complaint is that you guys made me jealous because you stole psyche's love from me and that is unacceptable and then the gods are like now we will pass our judgment but their judgment is like the fact that she got to complain to them i didn't understand that part whatever then she wakes up from her vision and dies mid-sentence and the book just ends That was tight. That though. was so I good. I like that move. That was such a I was good like, move. thank God. I was I was almost like, all right, Lewis, I'm hundred percent on board now. <laughs> Cause that was what that a was a good way to move. not have to come up with an ending to a book. Just like Well, and then like and then there's <laughs> the just like this died. thing at the end that's like from the priest of Ungit, and he's like, We're gonna send this book to Greece so that maybe someone can read it because none of us can. So good luck. Yeah. Next time someone someone comes to town and promises to take this to Greece, we're gonna let them. They have to we're promise gonna do that. that. They have to hundred percent. They have promise to cross to their hearts, and then we'll pay them and to swear do it. on Unget. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was this book. <laughs> Good ending for a mediocre book. I still don't have a face though. <laughs> I didn't. I never received my face. I'm I'm waiting from I'm the waiting. C.S. Lewis estate my face. Till we have faces. Where is my face? I need it. <laughs> I mean, again, like if I was more in the mood for like some philosophical bullshit, I might be more into this book. But I was just like, I was not here. I was for promised it. a retelling of a myth. Yeah. And you gave me this sword fight and you gave me this drama. 
And then you and then just you kept going s- back to the philosophy. Me, you teased me and then you snatched it away. You just wouldn't let me have it, C.S. Oh, Lewis. No, I was like Edward, what, desiring his Turkish delights. <laughs> and you, the ice queen, <laughs> led me into your castle and ensnared me with you- philosophy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were like Edward desiring Bella's blood Bella's but not stench. being able to sup on it. No, but you know, these two books, what they had in common was they did not make me like the main character at all, which is, mm. I feel like the whole point of a parallel novel is to be like, okay. here, let me help you sympathize with the villain or this background sure. character or whoever. Or the love interest who I guess we needed a whole book from him. Yeah. Who is also the villain. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so the lamb fell in love with the lion. <laughs> and he drank her tears. Anyway. Oh my uh, god, I cannot. <laughs> he just like he just he like licked it off his little. We can't. Finger. We can't get back into it. He wanted her inside of him forever because of osmosis or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway. Alright. Um so all of that uh-huh. being said. Uh-huh. What do you want? What do I what do you want? want? Not this. I want the opposite of this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want from a parallel novel. And it's going to be a tall order. Okay. Because I just, I don't oh, feel God. like myself as a, as a person, as a reader, am programmed to like this at all. Okay. <laughs> I want the a book that is giving me a perspective of a character that I'm going to absolutely be cheering for. Like, I don't want this, like, like, I hated Oral. I hated how whiny she was. I don't even know what C.S. Lewis's intentions were. Like, if he was like, wow, my Oral that I've written is so awesome and sympathetic. Everyone's going to love Oral. She is going to win the the beauty pageant for sure, even though she's ugly. (laughs) I I want a book from an author who was like, no, you all did get the story wrong. I want it to be a little more Wicked-esque. Not Wicked. I don't want to read Wicked. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to read Wicked either. Um, Okay. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, Less hmm. philosophy. Less philosophy. Significantly fewer Jesuses. <laughs> fewer Jesuses. Can I have any Jesuses? You can have up to two Jesuses. Two Jesuses. Two Jesus. Okay. Two, <laughs> two Yesu. Um... <laughs> All right. Do you have a a preference in terms of source material? Mm. No, I mean, if you want to go mythology, that's fine. If you want to go fairy tale, that's fine. I feel like I might try to dig up more of like a Pride and Prejudice or like a Jane Eyre sort of thing to do more of a book related one. But I don't know. I got to see what's out there. I don't want it like... I don't want an Edward Cullen situation. Like, I don't want an okay. author to be like, no, here's why they, the villain actually wasn't gross. So, like, not the same author. No, or... no, no, no. Like, don't, I don't want it to be like a sympathizing with a nasty, nasty. Okay. Like, a villain is fine. A, a, like, a, a, like, a, like an Alphaba situation is fine. Yeah. But not like, I don't want, like, to delve into, like, a serial killer's mind. <laughs> You don't want me to find a parallel novel of Lolita, which would just be Lolita because that's already from his perspective. Yeah, or more disturbingly from Lolita's perspective. Oh, ooh, she is oh, in turn no. trying to seduce a grown man. I don't. Mm-hmm. Not it. I'm not here for that either. Don't make it gross. 
Okay. Not gross. Actually sympathetic. Yeah. Only two Jesus. Just like find a good book, Em. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> I know. This is like the vaguest description I can give you. I'm sorry. It's just I'm pretty sure we've we've done worse. Find a book I, I think... can vibe with, my dude. Yeah. I think I think I've got some avenues to go what if down. it's we'll white see. sargasso see i'll be so mad <laughs> i'm probably not gonna do white sargasso see just because i feel like we've talked about it so much it would be anticlimactic if that's what i picked i've also read mr darcy vampire so it doesn't need to be that one either that's true we did read that i don't think that's a parallel novel like not the thing we're talking about though because that's a sequel that's oh that's true yes 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 mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm. so if i can find a darcy vampire book <laughs> which it is a retelling <laughs> You know what might be cool is like a like a um maybe a Dracula one. Mm. Okay, all right. I'll see what I can do. Or like a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing, like since we're kind of thinking that time period. Yeah. But it's just because it's spooky season, so do whatever. Do whatever you find. It is spooky season. I I have also read Dracula in Love. Just <laughs> okay. Don't pick that book. It's bad. <laughs> okay. All right. I have a lot of things that I can't pick. <laughs> yeah, Move that's there. a first. <laughs> Here are the books I don't want to read again. <laughs> uh, speaking of books you don't want to read again, what are some books that you might want to read again? Books that you would recommend this week? Mm. The thing about that is that I feel like I've already recommended a lot of things that are like mythology or mm-hmm. whatever so i was like let me just i'm just gonna start a book really quick today and see if i like it so i did i did get three pages into the murder at the vicarage by agatha christie <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have i'm also and that's pretty good i really like it so far for the first three pages i'm really sucked in um i'm also reading a uh webcomic right now called Hover Girls mm-hmm. about two Afro-Latinx girls who become magical girls after living in Los Angeles and working as baristas at this place called Big Chain Coffee. Um, and it's just very cute. The art is fantastic. It's adorable. And their brand of magical girl is like one of them is kind of like a stereotypical girly girl who's she's into fashion and she wants to be a a plus size model. And so she makes their costumes and stuff. And the other is like this more stoic girl who has maybe like a criminal background from what I've read so far. And she just doesn't really want to do any of the flashy stuff, but she carries around a baseball bat and she hits the enemies with it. And it's very, (laughs) I, I just really like it's very charming um it's completely finished and is graphic novel graphic novel length um so if you Mm want to check it out it's at it's just hovergirls.com and the artist's name is they go by geneva b online all right so but yeah hovergirls.com cool nothing really whatsoever to do with till we have faces but that's just Not those so are the things i've been managing to consume other than crusader kings 3 so <laughs> what about you <laughs> um similar story over here not so much crusader kings 3 because i'm not a gamer uh <laughs> i it's just, it's so i'm so bad at this game it's not i don't even know if i'm having fun i just can't stop playing it <laughs> <laughs> um I am going to recommend because, as we mentioned, we are going into spooky season. I've been re or watching a lot of horror movies 
And so I'm going to recommend something that's not scary, but is appropriate for spooky season, which is Mooncakes, which is also a comic, a graphic novel by Suzanne Walker and illustrated by Wendy Shu. Um, and it's about a witch and their werewolf friend and they have a crush on each other and it's fun. I like it. Nice. It's cute. It's a cute book that's good for spooky season if you don't like stuff to be too spooky. I like I like cute spooky. Okay, cool. So that's about it for this book. Uh, next week, we will be back with another Morph Monday with Animorphs number 24, The Suspicion. Um, the week after that... We will be not continuing a unit, but kicking off a new submission unit. Yes. From James. Um, James has suggested we take a dive into the world of weird westerns, which I'm mm. super excited about. And the first book that they have suggested for us to read is Beneath the Canyons by Kyra Halland. I have absolutely no idea what a weird western is i think it's like a is specific this a subgenre like a specific oh, okay. western yeah so let me let me make sure i have essentially no knowledge of western fiction same and very little experience with western film so it should be interesting because it seems like it's a twist on a genre that i'm not really familiar with to start with yeah um my only experience with Westerns is, as we've talked about a couple times on the podcast, like more along Little House on the Prairie style. Yeah. This, I think, this is Gunslingers. This mm -hmm. is Rancher's Daughter. And this is uh, Magic. This is a fantasy mm. Western. Yeah, I took a class on Western film, so I've seen like a semester's worth oh. of that. Uh -huh. But like, it wasn't my favorite. We'll leave it at that. So we'll see we'll see how it goes with uh fantasy elements because mm. I think that might that might bring something a little spice to the pot that I'll enjoy. I really liked Cowboys vs. Aliens. I will not deny that. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. I did see that in theaters. I like I like a good Western movie. I obviously am more partial to the modern Westerns. Mm. Um not so much maybe more outdated ideas than Westerns, but Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some stuff in those movies. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to be two weeks from now after yes. Animorphs. Yes. So stick around for both of those. Um, in the meantime, in the meantime, if you have a submission that you'd like for us to cover on the podcast or a whole unit or whatever, a book you think we love, a book you think we'll hate, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. I know you also want to find out what weird Westerns are all about. How can you not be lured in by the sound of cowboys and wizards existing in the same universe? <laughs> if you use apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't that's okay because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like in the words of the king of glom via c.s lewis and you curd face be off to the women's quarters and don't come here to sour the morning drink for the men <laughs> this poor girl's so hideous with her brown hair and man voice <laughs> Thank you.
let's talk about faces. Let's do it. Till we have our faces. If we have them. Where did our faces go? <laughs> Where have all the faces gone? <laughs> <laughs>